welcome to a mama like me so this is just really um a safe space that i wanted to create for other moms to come and talk about their perspectives on their motherhood journey their experiences um and really just creating a little community where we can share gems that can help other moms experiences that can help other moms feel like they're not alone um this is something that i felt like i've needed at times on my journey um and i haven't really found that place that's for me and so I, with the advice of a friend who so rightly said if you can't find that safe space then you have to create that safe space so a mama like me was born in my manic episode last week um and I'm just hoping that my imposter syndrome will even allow me to share this with you guys. Um, so I'm just going to take it slowly. Um, with the first episode, I'm just going to give you like an introduction to myself and what I want this to be and what my journey has been like. So I am a mom of two and I'm 32, soon to be 33. I love getting older, so you won't hear any age jokes from me, but... It's been quite an age gap between my children. So I had my first daughter when I was 23. I was at uni, I was young, I was in a toxic relationship. Um, but when I did get pregnant with my eldest, it never entered my mind that this wasn't gonna be the journey that I embarked on. I always knew that I wanted her and I was gonna be ready to step into becoming a mother i know now looking back i wasn't actually ready to become a mother but you know motherhood fatherhood is one of those one of those life events that if you're not ready you're gonna get ready real quick um and so my journey really started in a hard time in my life if i'm honest like the birth of my eldest was the start of a decade <laughs> of not all the time but a lot of trials and tribulations a lot of stress um and so yeah like I said when I got pregnant with my first my life was completely different and I'll be honest and say I didn't have a clue even though I knew I even though I knew I wanted to become a mother at that point with the news of finding out that I was pregnant, I deep down knew that my situation wasn't the quote-unquote ideal and wasn't exactly what I had envisioned for my future. So my mum and dad are married. They've been married as long as I've been alive. They got married um, not long after they had me. So I grew up in a household, mum and dad married, and they had three children together. And I just kind of aspired to do the same when I was older. I knew in my mind I wanted to be married. And you know what? When you're younger, you have this really skewed perception of time. So when I was younger, I thought, by 25, I'm going to be married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have two cars in the driveway. We're going to go on a family holiday every year. And you reach your 20s and you have this rude awakening like, what the hell were you thinking? So, of course, as I've just told you, I had my first child 
when I was 23. I did not have a house of my own. I wasn't even driving. I actually did my driving lessons whilst I was pregnant because I panicked and thought, oh, well, I don't want to have my baby on the bus. No offence to anyone who catches the bus, but I grew up no one driving and that in my mind was just something I wanted for myself. I wanted to be able to get us where we needed to be whenever we wanted. I didn't want to be, you know, I have memories walking home from school with my mom and like cars would drive, you know, when it's like that, I'm looking out the window now and it's one of those dreary autumn days where it's pouring down with rain and you'll be walking and there'll be some idiot in a car who speeds past a big massive puddle and soaks the kids. As a driver, I actually don't understand what's wrong with people who were doing stuff like that. But, you know, I remember things like that. And I also remember feeling unsafe. Um, but there was no urgency for me to learn to drive. I lived close by town. My parents lived close by town. I worked in town. I studied in town. So the only urgency came when I realised, OK, I'm pregnant. I want to be able to, in an emergency, get where I need to be without the reliance of somebody else. So driving was my first priority. But yeah, back to my original point, that is just my personality type. I'm warning you now, I will go off on tangents, but I basically did not have this magic set of goals that in my mind, I thought I was going to have ticked off by the age of 25. I found myself, and I think 23 in my eyes is a young mum. I know that that's probably not classed as a young mum these days, but I think anything, you know, below mid-twenties is young because I have a friend, She's tw she just turned 24, and she has so much awareness, self-awareness, and awareness of the workings of the world, and she has so much knowledge for her age. But I just remember being a dumb, we won't say the expletives because I'm really learning on stop being such a potty mouth, um, but... I really was dumb when I was in my 20s. And the reason why I say dumb, even though I know you have to look back in compassion for your past self, you did what you could do at the time. I know that, looking back, I was nowhere near where I needed to be to become a mother. Um, you know, you only have to look at my circumstances at the time to know that. But, you know the times were so different so back then when I found myself pregnant I was like right okay it wasn't even a thought in my mind do I have everything in place that I need for this child I just knew that I loved this child that was going inside of me and I was going to be the best mom that I could be so yeah the start of my motherhood journey it was quite rocky as I said I was in a toxic relationship that was very up and down um we did end up moving in together I think it was a week before the baby was due. Um, we were in a situation where we were living with his mom during my pregnancy, which was another unhealthy environment. Um, and we finally moved in together. And then uh, this baby came. And again, the experience was not what I thought it was going to be. I envisioned this roses, this romantic family life. And... The reality was far from that. And whilst we probably had a few good moments in there, I just remember 
that first year of my eldest life, it was filled with stress and depression for me. And that was really the theme that was carried over from my pregnancy. I mean, during my pregnancy, I had hypermesis. And that is, if you don't know, the most horrific morning sickness. It's morning, day and night. You can't keep, you can barely keep fluids down. I was on anti-sickness medication at one point and I did end up on hosp- in hospital on a drip at one point because I just could not keep anything down. And so even the experience of being pregnant was not enjoyable for me. So I remember being so conflicted and having all these feelings of, oh my God, what have I done? What am I doing? Meanwhile, I'm trying to do my dissertation. I'm in my third year of uni. Now, before I got pregnant, uh, before I had met my eldest dad, I was very career driven, very career focused. I knew for some reason, I don't know who installed it in me because I don't even really feel like my family were the type to be like, you must go to college, you must go to uni. My dad always did express to me is the books before the boys. Um, and I was a late bloomer and I was late into being interested in boys anyway. But he had installed in me that your education is more important. So, you know, I did really well at school. I went straight on to college. The first college college course wasn't what I wanted to do, so I went into something else. Then that wasn't, so I went into something else. And then I finally found fashion, and that was an escape for me. And then I ended up going to uni, and like I said, I ended up pregnant in my last year of uni. And... Anyone who's been to uni knows that that last year, that third year, that dissertation is honestly a nightmare. And imagine doing that whilst constantly trying to be sick, whilst constantly worrying about things that you shouldn't have really been having to worry about. Um, So I remember that was just one big blur, one big struggle, one big late night in the library Pink Lucasade. I was living off Pink Lucasade, Pink Lemonade Lucasade at one point. And then I did finish uni. I didn't get the degree that I feel like I could have got if I had focused and if I had not got pregnant. Um, I graduated with a 2-2, which, you know, I have a degree, but as well, university is a scam. Unless you're doing a degree in something that's going to bring you a solid career like nursing like becoming a doctor becoming a lawyer looking back (laughs) and I'm certainly will be guiding my children in that direction really I feel like they just rush you at school it's like just pick something you want to do and that's I ended up picking something that I liked to do but something that I hadn't really thought about long term but yeah anyway moving on my experience of pregnancy wasn't like what I had seen in the movies, in the, in the, in the TV programs, in the music videos. Like, it wasn't beautiful for me. Um, and that's hard to say as a mum because you know how much of a gift it is to even be pregnant in the first place and to carry a child and to birth a child. But And I look back at that old me and I just want to hug her because I just think, you know what, you did the best with, you did the best, you did what you could with what you had. Um, So yeah, that was my introduction into motherhood. 
following having her, I genuinely feel like that depression only deepened once I'd had her and postpartum was not great for me or my relationship. Um, and so not long after my daughter was one, I was basic that that relationship was done and it was just me and her. Um, her dad's always been in her life, but yeah. I'm talking about my journey and yeah, it was just me and her. And so I really had to grow over the years learning the hard way. Um, I'm not particularly close to my family. So I was listening to a podcast the other day and this podcast was about sleep. It was about how sleep affects your brain and your functioning and your mental health. Now, obviously, um, I'll get onto it, but I have a seven-month-old, so you can imagine I am sleep-deprived because my baby is not sleeping through the night. And it only touched on it for, like, not even five minutes, but how sleep deprivation in parents affects them in the long term. And all they could say was, basically, it can't be avoided because... You know, if your baby is not sleeping through the night, your baby's not sleeping through the night. They're babies, that's what they do. You have to carry on and function <laughs> because you have no choice. You are this baby's parent. And it was kind of like, yeah, it's really bad. Um, driving sleep deprived is actually worse than driving drunk. They, you know, spoke about how detrimental it is to your health. But fundamentally, all they could say when it comes to parenthood, motherhood, fatherhood this sleep deprivation is we weren't designed to do it alone we as generations have it's changed um they were basically saying that it used to be a community you used to have a village you know when they say it takes a village to raise a child it's not a joke their answer to it was well you shouldn't be doing it on your own and it's crazy because it's like a lot of people i mean you don't have a choice to be doing it on your own. It's not something that you've chosen to do. Some people do, but a lot of people don't choose to be doing it on their own. Um, but basically, we shouldn't be doing it on our own. And there is no answer. There is no cure. <laughs> there is no fix to that. Um, which obviously, yeah, didn't make me feel too great about how I'm feeling. But I just wanted to stress because that is one of the aims of this podcast is that I want I want to have conversations with other moms. I want to talk about what their parenting style is like. I want to talk about what strengths and challenges they've had on their motherhood journey and what they what valuable gems and advice they have to share with other moms that can help other moms who maybe don't have that support system, don't have the courage to speak up and ask, um, don't have the strength to speak up about how they're feeling, but they can listen to this and say, oh, okay, that's similar to my situation, okay, or, oh, okay, I'm kind of interested in, in parenting my child that way, that's interesting to know, and just, just a resource more than anything, because what frustrates me more than anything is there isn't a lot of spaces and resources for mums like me. So if we fast forward past, my eldest, she is nine now, and I now have a seven-month-old. 
my pregnancy journey this time was completely different to that first one. So I was in a loving and stable relationship for starters. Um, that in itself opens up so much more. Having that support system, it's it's so important to how you feel physically, emotionally and mentally during pregnancy because pregnancy is really freaking hard. It's not always beautiful bump pictures because I took so many pictures this time around because I'm really sad about the fact I barely have any from my first. What I will add about that is that back then when I had her, social media was only just coming out like Instagram had only just come out and I feel like such an old person saying this but so what I was pregnant I got pregnant end of 2012 had her in 2013 at that time Instagram you know you still used the filters to post a picture you still posted everything as just a square you posted your food like you didn't edit anything you didn't there was no great thought or design that went into Instagram. It really was just sharing pictures. So it was really a different time. So the focus was not on taking loads of pictures and videos. So like it's completely different this time. You know, I have pictures, I have videos, I have reels, I have TikToks. <laughs> not necessarily posted, but I have them saved because I want to be able to look back at them because as well with this pregnancy, I knew that this is going to be my last pregnancy. I'm not having any more children. And people, whenever I have that conversation with them, they're like, oh, you know, you never know. Or, you know, you can't say that. I can say it and I am saying it. My youngest now is my last child. I don't want any more children. I already kind of feel bad about bringing my youngest into this world. And without getting too heavy, when I look at, this world and what it's like I feel guilt as a parent for what their futures may be like it's funny because I saw a TikTok last night I didn't get to see the original but she was basically saying in response to videos that she's been posting a lot of parents don't get it that they are selfishly bringing kids into the world and I understand what she means because a lot of people will just have kids just to have kids now, I chose to have a child with my partner. We wanted a child together. We both entered into it knowing that this is to be our last child. We don't want any more children. And I'm steadfast in that in that answer, even after having it, even how broody she still makes me and how much I love the baby stage, how much I miss pregnancy already. Um, I'm never going to do it again. So as well, I wanted to savor every moment because I knew it was an experience that I'm not going to get again. Um, and to anyone who is pregnant at the moment who may be listening, like it's perfectly okay to talk about all the rubbish parts of your pregnancy, to complain, to cry at how uncomfortable you feel, at how many times you have to get up in the night to pee, about how isolated you feel. It takes a toll and it's not a perfectly magical experience because it's okay to talk about those negative sides because we know that you feel those positives we know that you feel blessed you know you know that you are so happy to be carrying that child but we really do have to 
I believe, responsibility as women, sharing with other women the realities of these experiences. Um, pregnancy is really difficult and it's not for everyone. And that's okay. Like, I feel like it's something that, you know, we're always trying to force kids onto women. I don't blame any woman who looks at things, looks at other women's experiences. If you feel like you're making an informed choice because you feel like you're being told everything and with everything being told to you, you say, do you know what? It's not for me. I don't want kids. (laughs) I'm clapping for you because... I really think it's wrong how we enforce our idealities onto everybody. I don't even think that's a word. Did I just make up that word? But yeah, anyway, this pregnancy. I'm going off a tangent again. This pregnancy was completely different. And I really got to enjoy it, to be present in that moment. And even though I had a much better situation, I had a much better support system, I had a loving and safe relationship, pregnancy was still freaking difficult. It was still hella uncomfortable. You know, I was still dying at one point with sickness. Well, quite a few points. Um, I found that carrying a baby this time round, I don't know whether it's because I was nearly 10 years older, my body is older, it's been through a lot more. I just felt like everything hurt so much more. I remember just feeling so much pressure between my legs. Um, so yeah, everything hurt. I had these crippling migraines to the point my first trimester, I probably was barely at work. My manager probably hated me, but obviously I work at a computer, so working was impossible because I literally, my partner has pictures of me. I used to just be in sunglasses and caps in the house because I couldn't even take daylight, like, I needed everything to be in pitch black. That's something I didn't have in my first pregnancy. So it's like, as well, I carried two girls, basically, and it was mad to me that I was having a completely different pregnancy experience. So it's not even like I carried each child the same. It was completely, I mean, looks-wise, I did, but... I didn't have hypermesis this time. I did have a lot of sickness till about 16 weeks. And then the sickness came back in the third trimester. But second trimester, I was kind of okay with the sickness. But I hated food. I remember hating food because it was just like I couldn't... I would become obsessed with the food, hammer it for a couple of weeks. And then I could never touch that food again. And have to try and find something else. I remember my partner hated me because the dreaded question, what do you want for dinner caused so many arguments because it was like I don't know I hate everything so yeah it was completely different this time around um I got to have a baby shower on my terms um and yeah it was really nice and I walked into that birth as well knowing (coughs) I'm pregnancy advocating for myself and knowing exactly what I wanted and the downside to pregnancy this time was that there is so much information being shared now. So when I was pregnant the first time, you had your app that compared the size of your baby to a fruit or vegetable, and you tracked it week by week and you knew what was happening. You had your your 12-week scan and you had your 20-week scan, and that was it. And you kind of didn't really know any difference, so I don't feel like I was really worried. But whereas this time, so much TikToks so much reels, 
so much information on the internet about this could be wrong this uh, you know what i mean you, sh- you should you should do this different methods cord clamping um a lotus birth um saving your placenta and to then eat it or put it in supplements um this time around i remember i had it in my mind i want delayed cord clamping so i was like babe i don't want the cord cut straight away i want it to stay on for as long as possible um i remember i was dead set on we're not going to bath them for as long as possible because i wanted the vernix to sink into their skin because i had read that that was um better for them um overwhelming is the word i would use and my advice to anyone who's pregnant is really just be mindful of the information that you consume because not everyone is a medical professional and you really do have to be objective no subjective and understand that people are sharing their ideas perspectives their views they're not gospel and you have to kind of take what what's right for you and let the rest go my boyfriend at one point was like you need to stop reading but I wanted to be in, as informed as I possibly could be. Um, I was adamant that my ch- my baby was not to leave the room um, under any circumstances. If the baby needs to leave the room, you need to go with them if I can't be with them. Um, but I went into it with a lot more knowledge and being able to advocate for myself and saying, I want this, I don't want that. And I had a, a, a beautiful birth, um, as beautiful as it can be, because it's very freaking painful. But I am so grateful that I got to have the birth that I wanted. Um, I know, I'm well aware that that is, really isn't the case for a lot of women. And that does make me sad because even when you have the birth that you want, even if everything goes the way you want it, it's still so traumatic. So to add on top of that, that you have had to have something happen in an emergency or you haven't you know, the baby wasn't in the right position, so they've had to improvise and do this other way. Like, I understand how upsetting that can be, but ultimately all we want is to healthily deliver our babies. Um, and it's perfectly fine to say, even though I'm grateful, I delivered a a, a happy, happy, <laughs> we don't know if they're happy yet, but a healthy baby. It was a nightmare. I remember that final part, that pushing, and um, they had these effort. I was in a birthing suite. I was in a water. I had a water birth again. I had a water birth with both my girls, and they had these affirmations on the wall. And I remember reading these affirmations, and I remember reading them and thinking, "Shut the fuck up!" Like I am not thinking about these things right now. I could not. And you know what? Hitting a birthing was another new thing this time around that I was reading about, and how you can breathe your way, and control your mind through birth. But you see me. As someone who has dealt with anxiety for the past decade, controlling my thoughts and my mind doesn't come so easily to me. So I knew, even though I read a lot about it, it was not something that is probably going to be, probably going to work for me. But I have heard from other women who have done hypnobirthing and it was beautiful and they found some strength that they reached from somewhere else doing this hypnobirthing to birth their baby. And that's beautiful if that works for you. Um, 
But what I just aim for these conversations is for us to honestly speak about what our experience was like and what we, how we would describe that experience to someone who has not been pregnant and not given birth so that that, that woman is fully informed. Um, so yeah, even if you have a birth go the way you really want it to, it's still a traumatic experience and afterwards I was still traumatised. Um, but yeah, and it still shocked me that you go home the same day and it's like, yeah, look after this baby, keep it alive. And I remember even though my partner here has kids, I already had one. We go home, home we looked at each other and we were like, what, what, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> that first night is surreal because you already... My, me and my partner, we hadn't eaten all day. I went into labour at like 7am is when my waters broke. Um, We had to get his... We had to get all get ready, drop his daughter home, drop stuff for my daughter that was coming home from her dad's to my friend's house who was going to have my daughter. All whilst I'm having these contractions. So, like, we didn't even think about eating breakfast or anything like that. I remember I was sitting down. Had I washed my hair? I think I'd washed my hair. I had wet hair and I was doing my baby hairs. And my partner was like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing my baby hairs because what? Because I'm in labour, I'm not going to do my hair. Anyway, we hadn't eaten all day. We hadn't showered all day. We'd been in the hospital all day. And it's like, we come home, like, I remember we inhaled a McDonald's in McDonald's car park with this new baby in the car. And I remember crying eating this burger and I just remember thinking, what on earth just happened? And now what on earth is going to happen? So yeah, it's just a really surreal experience. Um... I'm glad I got to do it one more time, I really am, but I'm also steadfast in my decision to not do it again. Um, and so yeah, with that, this journey into motherhood again, now as a mum of two, has been quite an adjustment. So for starters, it's having two kids that are in two completely different needs groups, like my eldest needs something completely different from me than my baby does and juggling and managing that so that neither one is feeling any type of loss and obviously the baby takes priority because it needs you 24 7 but then you don't want to neglect your other kids so yeah that was a struggle but I feel like we're kind of as the baby's getting older we're kind of really finding a balance with that still not 100% because nobody's perfect but now it's beautiful because watching her with her with her baby sister is it does it does it does do something for me um in my brain it makes me feel a happiness i never thought was possible um but yeah then also it's all the different information of what to do so for instance one example when I had my eldest, baby-led weaning really wasn't a thing. It really wasn't a big thing. Maybe it was a thing, but it wasn't... You know, the health visitor that came to see me, six-week appointment with a baby, talking to me about baby-led weaning. And I remember looking at her thinking, babes, you're telling me to start baby-led weaning when she's six months? She's six weeks old. Why are you telling me that now? Like, A, I'm going to forget what you're saying. B, it's just not relevant. We should be talking about baby. Like, what am I doing with this six-week-old? But it's a really big thing that they hammer down to you, like baby led weaning, baby led weaning. And I found a beautiful side of TikTok that is baby led weaning recipes. 
Shout out to Moon and Rue, who are the stars of TikTok when it comes to baby led weaning. And I've tried a few of her recipes. Um, and now I have a baby who refuses to eat puree and will only eat food. Whereas my eldest was the opposite. Maybe because we wasn't really... Um, like I said, baby led weaning, weaning wasn't really a thing. So I wasn't really trying her with physical food straight away. I think she was on purees for quite a while. Whereas this time, it's the opposite. Um, so yeah, that was a minefield in itself. Like, not having a heart attack every time she was gagging. Being terrified that she's going to choke. Not giving her certain foods because I just didn't want to have the heart attack of thinking she's going to choke. Um, so yeah, like parenting now compared to what everything was like 10 years ago it, it's, it's been like basically doing it all over again and that's why when you normally have your second pregnancy once you say you have another child it's like you're a second rate citizen so they don't really want to see you as much and they don't really uh, you have less appointments I don't know why this is a thing in their mind Maybe they think, you know, well, you should remember from the first one. Maybe there should be an age limit on that. Because how the hell am I supposed to remember what I did with my... She was eight at the time. Eight-year-old. Now, eight years later. Like, no, babes. Like, you need to treat me like I'm a new mum again. Because this is... I'm becoming a new mum again. Because the mum that I was is dead now. And now I have to be this new mum that's a mum of two. A mum that's managing... Uh, and almost preteen because you know another conversation for another day this one over here is definitely heading towards puberty the mood swings at least and the attitude and then I have this newborn baby and it's like the, that's com two completely different roles here but yeah so I found that quite difficult but yeah I feel like I've been talking a long time but I just really wanted to give you just an introduction to my background with motherhood um i have been doing so much self-work over the past couple of years in regards to healing um healing my inner child um healing the traumas that i've been through in my life i've been to therapy there's been times i've been on antidepressants so for me a really big focus is how I raise my children, how their experience of childhood is going to rear them for their adulthood. So my main focus is I don't want them to be traumatised. I don't want unnecessary trauma, um, unnecessary damage that could be prevented if I just took responsibility for my own healing. So that's something that's a major focus for me that I like to talk about, that I will be talking about. Um, because you may have heard the term healing generational trauma um that's another big one because and I'm, I'm wary of saying gentle parenting i'm a conscious parent so i apologize to my child when i'm wrong i hear my child out she has the opportunity i remember when i was growing up it was children are seen not heard um don't even think about answering back or telling your parent how you feel because they don't care <laughs> whereas now you know I encourage her to say, actually, mom, I'm irritated. Can you give me a minute? Or mom, I had a challenging day at school today. So that's why I'm snapping at you. Now, that's something that they have to learn because that's not... A lot of adults 
can't even process their emotions like that but I'd rather at this age as she learns what emotions are that she learns how to communicate them because I went an awfully long time without communicating how I felt and that led to so many issues and so much dysfunction during my 20s that I don't want my kids to go through the same um so yeah I have some mums in mind that I'd really think would really offer some great conversations um I'm hoping that that they will say yes and uh, join me and join you guys here to share but I just really feel like now more than ever is an important time for community for sharing for being a safe space for one another not and and in a non-judgmental way one of the hardest things I think for me when you look at the moms of TikTok or Instagram, I just feel like it can be quite judgmental. A lot of people think that the way they do things is the only way to do things or it's the right way. And there is no right or wrong. Ultimately, no one gave us a book on how to be a parent. How we are as parents really is how we are as adults, how much we've developed as adults, what our parents did to us. Oh, that sounds a bit harsh how our parents raised us really does influence the people that we become so how your your parents parenting styles how much of that are you carrying on and that's what I mean by you know generational breaking generational cycles my mum never showed any emotion and she never spoke about emotions my eldest knows I am emotional and we will cry together and we will say how we feel because you're not going to be in your room feeling like you hate yourself or feeling like you can't cope in this life and you can't come and tell me you're giver of life. <laughs> I'm just, my aim as a mother is to be the mother for my kids that I wish my mother could have been for me. And that's no disrespect to my mother, but I just believe in we have to be better. We have to recognise where we've gone wrong and build on that for a better future because the old way of working hasn't worked. You only have to look around at the people around you and the state of things today to know that it hasn't worked. So in my eyes, the most important thing, the the, the parting message I'll say, what I found in my motherhood journey that the most important thing is that you as a person are okay. So this is mother or father, this is to both. You need to really look at your issues, where you come from, what trauma you've experienced, what was your childhood like, how did your parents raise you, what is your relationship with your parents like now? And I just need you to take responsibility for yourself and take accountability for any toxic and unhealthy thoughts, patterns that you're reliving in your life um if you're not okay your kids are never going to be okay and let's raise kids that are not learning things through survival mode we should be able to give them the tools and set them up for this life with wisdom with our experience, we go, we've gone through all these experiences so that our kids 
don't have to. And don't get me wrong, another thing is our kids are not ours. They don't belong to us. They are they are humans about to have a human experience. And that's why I sometimes look at them and like, my mini humans, like, you have no idea what's coming. Ultimately, you're responsible for how that child develops. What you do at this time is so important. And I feel like we overlook it for material things. Oh, you know, do I have this nice car? Do they live in this really nice house with a really big garden? Do they wear designer clothes? Like, do we take matching outfit pictures? Do we post loads of pictures doing cool things on the gram? Those things are all great. Yeah, but if you don't communicate with your child, if you don't know how your child feels, if your child doesn't feel loved, if your child doesn't feel seen and heard, those things, they're meaningless. Because when a child looks back, they're going to, on their childhood, they're going to remember how you made them feel. Were you present? Did you get on the floor and play with them? I remember my daughter, she said, we played dolls with me. And in my head, I used to think, oh, no, I want to play dolls with you. I'm overstimulated. I've been at work all day. The last thing I want to do. Okay, for 10 minutes, we'll play dolls. And we'll play dolls. And those 10 minutes will mean more to her than any nice outfit I've bought for her. Experiences. You know, I just feel like a lot of the time, when I look around these days, whether it be intentionally or unintentionally, we're carrying on the trauma for our kids and we know better now, so we should be doing better. So this is a non-judgmental space. It's okay to make mistakes. We're all human. But it's about what we learn from those mistakes, the actions that we take to right those wrongs. And ultimately, it's more important how we grow as a person because our kids are going to benefit from that. So... Thank you for being here with me, for listening to me ramble on. I'm hoping that this won't be the last. Purely because I let a lot of self-doubt and limiting beliefs hold me back from things that I want to do in life. I let bad experiences in the past with people limit what I will let myself do out of fear of judgment. I've reached a place now where those things are just not important. What you think of me is not my business. And that's why I'm not really going to say names. Um, it's not really a visual thing. and I'm not going to dress up and do a nice video for you to watch. As a busy mom, I'm listening to podcasts all the time whilst I'm washing up, whilst I'm hanging up or putting away the washing, whilst I'm taking... I always say taking the baby for a walk like it's a dog and I don't mean it like that but going for a mental health walk with my baby I'm listening to a podcast so I just find that these this type of channel audio helps me best um so for all the people I'm hoping episodes only to be around this length if you can sit with me for 45 minutes and just relax into this space of this safe space of sharing community, being there for one another and empowering each other, then my work here is done. So I hope that you have all enjoyed um, and I hope to be back soon. And I do hope over time my arms will be significantly reduced. Um, but bear with me because I've always said I'm a writer, not a talker. But 
I'm a mom of two. I just really don't get the time to sit down and write anymore. So if I can sit here and talk um, whilst I'm folding clothes or having some me time, which is very rare, then I'd rather be doing something worthwhile instead of scrolling. So anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Thank you all for being here and see you soon.